0: Tensions are high in the nation's capital just days after impeachment and now just 72 hours until Inauguration Day. This week, we're talking with Indiana Congressman Andre Carson and Jim Banks, plus Governor Holcomb's second term underway, with Indiana's new AG in the headlines his first week in office. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues
1: that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. We're going to ensure that we have a safe inauguration, uh, that President-elect Joe Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris uh, are sworn in as the new president and vice president of the United States uh, in a manner consistent with our history, with our traditions, in a way that uh, uh, gives honor uh, uh, to the American people and to the United States.
0: Vice President Pence meeting with federal officials ahead of the inauguration on Wednesday. He also took time to meet with members of the National Guard stationed at the US Capitol, thanking them for their service. Good morning. I'm Dan Spieler. Ahead of the inauguration on Wednesday, security is being stepped up around the country with the threat of armed protest in all 50 states and in the nation's capital. This is President Trump. Now goes down in history as the first president to be impeached twice. The House impeaching him this past week on charges of inciting an insurrection. Washington correspondent Raquel Martin has more.
2: Exactly one week after a mob unleashed a deadly attack at the U.S. Capitol, House lawmakers moved to hold President Trump responsible. He must go. He is a clear and present danger to the nation. Wednesday, House lawmakers debated the article of impeachment, which charges President Trump with inciting the violent insurrection.
3: Man up woman up, and defend this Constitution from all enemies,
2: foreign and domestic, including Donald J. Trump. Unlike the last impeachment effort, several Republicans voiced support.
4: There is no excuse for President Trump's
2: actions. But the vast majority pushed back. I cannot think of a more petty, vindictive, and gratuitous act. Congressman Tom McClintock and Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan insist impeaching the president just a week before he leaves office is too divisive.
5: Do not know where all this goes. And this is frightening for the country. Illinois
2: Republican Rodney Davis instead called on Congress to investigate the attacks. Republicans and Democrats need to work together. But Democrats say the real problem is the president's false claim that the election was stolen. They took down the American flag and replaced it with a Trump flag. Flag. Is this the kind of country you want to live in?
0: And that was Raquel Martin reporting. Here's how Indiana's members of Congress voted along party lines, including The state's newest representatives, you'll see the other four representatives there. Both of those new representatives spoke on the House floor Wednesday afternoon.
6: Any
2: accusations must go through the proper due process, whether it's
6: election fraud or an impeachable offense.
5: I support the article of impeachment
0: so that we can move forward to do the work that our constituents sent us here to do. Indiana's two newest members of Congress there. This week, I also had a chance to speak with Congressman Andre Carson, who voted to impeach the president and also faced threats as part of another plot uncovered in the nation's capital. Here's what he told me about the decision to impeach. Why do you feel like this is the move that needs to be made with just a week left in, in the president's
7: term? Well, it was a it was a very sad, but I believe necessary duty today to vote to impeach the president again, but you know, I I swore an oath to protect and defend our Constitution and our democracy, which means Donald Trump must be removed from office before he does more damage, or more lives are endangered, or even lost. So it it is very encouraging uh, to me that uh, we were able to vote to impeach. It was done with bipartisan support, quite frankly, in the People's House. It encouraged me to see some of my colleagues stand up and do the right thing for our country. You know, unfortunately, some of those who voted against the impeachment today, they justified their failure to act by saying it would cost more division, but they clearly deliberately ignore the division inflamed by Donald Trump and their blind loyalty to his baseless claims of election fraud. Uh, I think that they they share his denial that he lost the election and instead they doubled down on efforts to disenfranchise voters, millions of voters, particularly black and brown voters.
0: Do you think that there is a realistic chance the Senate will vote to convict the president Even if that trial doesn't come until after his term is complete?
7: I'd like to think so. Um, You know, a lot of my colleagues spoke on the floor today about healing, but healing and reconciliation cannot occur without remorse, uh, repentance, and acknowledgement of the harm and damage their actions and complicity have caused. I really don't know. What what hurts people the most, the dangerous actions of Donald Trump to incite attacks against Congress or just watching his enablers on the House floor, and hopefully not the Senate, uh, torturously contort themselves into defending his words and deeds.
0: Congressman Andre Carson there this week. We also heard from Indiana Congressman Jim Banks, who spoke with our Washington bureau on Wednesday. Uh, Now is not the time
8: to impeach the president again uh, after everything this country has been through this does this does nothing more uh, to bring us together it divides us further so that's why i will be voting against impeachment is the president perfect no has he made mistakes he's made many um, that being said I'll, I'll defend his record he's had a strong record for our country for four years what we saw last wednesday one week ago from today happened in our united states Capitol is something uh, that is going to live with this country forever, those images, uh, we need to learn from it. Uh, I support a bipartisan commission to dig into the activities that happened that day so that we can make sure that it never happens again. But it doesn't deserve impeachment uh, for, for, for a president of a president who's going to leave office in seven days anyway. Um, this is a rushed impeachment effort by the Democrats. Uh, it's an effort designed to politicize the moment even further and divide America further apart Uh, When in seven days, a new president will be inaugurated and the president, President Trump has declared all along, um, especially more so in recent days that he supports a peaceful transfer of power, which is what makes this country unique, is that we every four years um, have that peaceful transfer of power. It's going to happen again a week from today and I'll be out on the on the stage with my colleagues from both sides of the aisle and with a new president uh, in President Biden. Uh, to celebrate that uh, pivotal moment in American history as we transfer power from President Trump to President Biden. Now is the time to bring us together. I I had hoped that President-elect Biden would speak out against this impeachment effort, and maybe he still will as he recognizes that this is not the moment, this is not a healthy uh, time to go through this process once again.
0: Okay. I'm joined now by Importantville's Adam Wren. As we talk about some of these Indiana lawmakers, Adam, Congressman Banks included, who've been losing donations from major corporations after the riots in DC.
5: That's right, you know, for a Congressman um, like uh, Jim Banks, uh, who has to fundraise here pretty soon again for the 2022 cycle, you know, this hurts him. He's someone who actually came down to Indianapolis, left his district uh, to to hold fundraisers here in this this part of the, the state. And so a signal like the one that we got this week from Eli Lilly, You know, sends a signal to kind of the corporate community, the corporate fabric uh, of Indianapolis, where a lot of the money is in the state, uh, that, you know, this is a lawmaker that they may not be able to support in the future. So this is a a huge signal from from someone like uh, Eli.
0: Another congressman who voted against the certification, Representative Jim Baird, also facing some pushback this past week from Indiana Democrats for some of the remarks he made about the riots.
5: That's right. You know, we have a a sort of a bipartisan duty as a country to to really figure out what happened. And it doesn't seem like, uh, based on the congressman's comments, that we even agree about the language to use for what happened, whether it's an insurrection, whether the president was responsible for inciting it. Um, There's not even agreement on that. So we're really fractured uh, as as a nation right now.
0: Congressman Baird saying uh, in an interview with the Lafayette TV station, he did not think it was. In insurrection. Adam, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Meantime, as the president-elect prepares to take office Wednesday, Indiana's governor was just sworn in for his second term in office, along with a new attorney general.
9: For Indiana, the future is now. Preserving our liberty requires more
4: than just speeches and promises. It demands real, on-the-ground
3: work and attention.
0: Todd Rokita also in the news this week. One of only four attorneys general who declined to sign a letter condemning the riots in D.C., saying he wanted to see the nation's AGs say more about the riots from over the summer. Let's turn right now to Abdul Hakeem Shabazz from IndiePolitics.org. Abdul, the new attorney general, already making some waves here in his first week on the job.
3: Uh, yes, uh, Todd Rokita has been known uh, to make a headline or two in his day, uh, and he's been pretty much uh, consistent. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, though, this week, Uh, Was when Todd Ricketts posted that he stood for Donald Trump, and then uh, posted another tweet saying he wanted to sort of, you know, test some of the free speech of of the internet since the Trump, the president, was removed from um, from Twitter. And I think Todd proved his point that free speech does work as long as you don't violate your terms of service uh, in those social media contracts. Uh, Donald Trump apparently did, and so he was removed from Twitter. Because you got to remember that the First Amendment and free speech does not apply to you know private individuals; It applies primarily to the government. And if you as an individual violate that free speech, then like Donald Trump, you're removed. Like Todd Rikita, you get to stay.
0: All right. We may see protests uh, here this week in Indiana as well. The governor also delivering his State of the State on Tuesday, uh, perhaps to a much smaller group of lawmakers in the House chamber. A lot of the details still being worked out as we talk about all of the the COVID precautions, the security concerns really around the country this week.
3: Uh, Yes. uh, We we spoke to the the governor uh, this past week as well as the Senate president. And House Speaker, and they all admitted that, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a different uh, twist to the governor's uh, state of the state address. Because, uh, first of all, we don't even know if he's going to even do it in the House chamber right. or if he's going to do it over in the government center where the House uh, currently meets. So, we got that going on. Also, uh, like you're right, we're going to be keeping an eye on this week on those protests as well. There's a protest uh, Sunday at noon, and also another protest Wednesday uh, at noon as well. Uh, from my contact with IMPD, uh, everything expects to be relatively peaceful, but still, you can never be too careful. Uh, in times like this.
0: Yeah, protests expected there at the State House. Abdul, thank you so much. Stay safe. We appreciate it. Coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we'll talk with the rest of our panel about the impeachment and the inauguration. Plus, what about Vice President Pence? We're looking back at these last four years and the impact of these last few weeks. And we're talking about Indiana schools. As the governor lays out his budget plan, educators are also asking when they'll be able to get the coronavirus vaccine. Stick around. We'll be right back.
7: Gesturing to... President-elect to get into the, uh, into the
0: limousine. This is one of those moments in history. There will be so many photographs of this day, of all of these moments. This
7: is one of the most obvious examples of the peaceful transition of power that uh, Americans take so much pride in.
0: Four years ago this week, and things may look a little different for the inauguration this time around. Let's bring in our panel right now, Jennifer Wagner, Mike Murphy, Robin Winston, and Tony Samuel. Let's start with Jennifer Wagner, the former communications director for the Indiana Democrats. Jennifer, after the insurrection, the impeachment, now an inauguration, how might this all play out here these next few days?
6: Well, I think, you know, some of it's uh, still yet to, to be known, even though we're just a few days away from the big day, but it sure isn't going to feel or look anything like it did four years or eight years ago, uh, not just because of COVID, um, but because you've got the president who's going to be hightailing it out of D.C. the morning of the first sitting president not to attend an inauguration. Um, Vice President Pence will be there, and that's, that's great, but uh, I think there's just going to be a lot of um, uh, unrest, uh, nervousness around this particular occasion, which is a real shame because this is supposed to be a happy day, uh, a peaceful transition of power, uh, something that everyone can look forward to, a uh, speech likely to be remembered. But uh, there's a lot a lot different this year about this occasion.
0: Let's turn to Tony Samuel now, 2016 vice chair for the Indiana Trump campaign. want to get your thoughts on, on the impeachment process here. But also, Tony, the president, he, he has promised a, a peaceful transfer of power here in recent days. But Couldn't the case be made, this already has not been a peaceful transfer of power?
9: Oh, some are saying that. But remember, he had every right, and it's been done before as far as challenging and and questioning the results because there were so many uh, discrepancies and irregularities. And and, uh, he had every right. And then at the right time, uh, he said that, uh, you know, that's it, and and we're going to have a a peaceful transfer of power. And and you'll see that Um, as far as the impeachment goes, since you asked again, the, the Democrats were wanting to do this from day one. They made those statements clear when he was inaugurated and uh, every week and, and month uh, since. And, and you're seeing from the uh, uh, Department of Justice the release of, uh, of uh, documents from the Russia hoax when, when it started. And, and you're seeing that there were lies uh, and fraud committed and the FISA court was lied to. So it's been four years of uh, attacks on this president. Um, he's done a, a, a tremendous job uh, moving his agenda. Uh, and you've seen a lot of hate from the left. And uh, I'm, I, am for one, am ready to move on. One thing that we've done is uh, we needed uh, a, 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 a puppy. To, <laughs> but we all need puppies sure
0: after everything I'm we've been calm, through.
9: That I stay calm. And there actually you go. It's the, it's the kids christmas present this is luna let's know and of course lily
0: glad to meet we all need a little calm right a little uh a little puppy love after everything we've endured here uh in recent weeks and months (laughs) tony thanks Uh, let's let's turn now to former state party chair robin winston who who played a leading role in the biden campaign here in indiana Uh, robin how do you think this impeachment trial should be handled Uh, we know there won't be puppies there it's it's going to be uh uh, a serious situation in the nation's capital. Uh, will this interfere though with, with the transition process, confirmation hearings uh, for cabinet members like Pete Buttigieg, the new attorney general, others who still have to be confirmed?
4: I certainly hope not. Um, I just think back if we had had Donald Trump say that about a peaceful transition when he was at the Ellipse, we may not have had what you saw as an insurrection that you defined as such. Um, the bottom line is is that he has been impeached twice. Uh, the Senate's not gonna touch this, I don't believe, before Inauguration Day. But the other I, because a lot of your words were you know, uh, uh, talking about things that are going down the line, the biggest I word is illness. We've gotta do something to address the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, President Biden's laid out a clear plan for that, a comprehensive plan. First time we've seen a comprehensive plan across the board that touches so many areas. I hope that he'll reiterate that during his inauguration. As far as profiles and courage, Mike Pence should have a chapter in the book because he's going to stand there and be the epitome of a peaceful transition. Power.
0: All right. Finally, former state lawmaker Mike Murphy. Mike, you represent part of the Republican Party that that wants to move forward from this Trump era. How should Mitch McConnell proceed here in your view? Vice President Pence ruling out the 25th Amendment, but McConnell not ruling out conviction yet.
1: Well, you you have to go back, I think you have to back up to last week. And and I love Tony's comments, and I can't see his hands because they're below the screen, but I'm hoping his fingers are crossed while he was saying all those things. Because Trump certainly had a right to challenge the vote. He did not have the right to incite an insurrection against the federal government, and that's why he was impeached again, not because he tried to exercise his right to challenge the vote. It's important to mention. McConnell has said this afternoon that the vote of his Republican uh, individual members of his caucus will be a vote of conscience. He is not going to stand in their way as a kind of a caucus lock as we would call it. So I think the process will move forward either on the 20th or shortly thereafter and you know we have no I- we have no idea what's going to happen but I want to agree with um, with our former Democratic chairman here Mike Pence is an American hero. His stock has skyrocketed in the last week And what I like to say is people who say he wasn't courageous you know until the last minute, well, I, I kind of compare that to the soldier who hunkers down in his, uh, his foxhole for the first few hours of battle and then gets tired of it, goes out, kills 100 members of the enemy and wins the uh, Medal of Honor. No matter what, he's still a Medal of Honor winner. Uh,
0: Jennifer, more broadly, as we look back at these last four years, what, what have we learned about the way we talk about and think about our politics in these very divided times?
6: Well, I'm not sure we've actually learned the lesson yet. Um, And it's kind of hard to look back beyond the past four weeks, to be honest with you, Dan. I think we've got a lot of that soul searching yet to do. And I do feel like, you know, kind of looking at different national polls and just talking to people, being on social media, that there's going to be a chance on Wednesday for us to catch our collective breath, to take that moment, to pause, and to have those conversations moving forward. And I know I'm maybe a little Pollyanna-ish when it comes to this, but I don't think that the American people want to continue the rancor and the chaos that we've endured for these last four years. I think people want to move on. That doesn't mean we're going to be able to find common ground on everything, but if the four of us can sit here and have this conversation week after week and disagree on fundamental values, but still agree on on things that are important to us as a nation and a state, then I have to believe that the rest of us can do that too. All
0: right. At the state level uh, this week as well, some news to talk about Governor Holcomb delivering his state of the state, obviously still in the midst of this pandemic. Also, a lot of back and forth this week about the mask mandate at the state house after a committee hearing uh, where a number of people were not in masks. Uh, Tony, when it comes to the governor's state of the state, uh, when it comes to the pandemic, when it comes to things facing, issues facing Indiana, what kind of message are you hoping
9: to hear? A very positive message. Um, you'll see a, a, a good... Um, Uh, report on uh, our fiscal state, on on the budget. Um, uh, The governor released some of those details uh, earlier this week, and uh, so that's very positive. It'll be uplifting, um, and I'm sure you'll obviously have uh, a a lot to say about our uh, uh, attacking the uh, COVID pandemic and and the progress that we're making there.
0: Uh, Robin, what what do you hope to hear from from the governor uh, on Tuesday night?
9: Well,
4: once again, remember he got elected, but his opponent
0: got about 12% of the vote
4: basically running on a platform of, I don't believe there should be mask mandates. So let's commend Governor Holcomb for doing what's in our public's best interest uh, and protecting the health of our public. I hope that he will also stress that education funding should not be cut during this budget and that we will continue to provide the tools necessary to move our state forward and protect our school children.
0: Robin, thanks. It's a great segue there, because coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we're going to be talking about Indiana schools as the governor lays out that budget plan. Educators also are asking when they'll be able to get the vaccine. We'll be right back after this. At the statehouse, Governor Holcomb is proposing more money for K-12 through schools while keeping a balanced budget and a restored rainy day fund. Lawmakers will consider his plan as they work on the budget over the next few months. Holcomb's plan suggests lawmakers use more than $700 million to pay down debt to save money in the future. That would go toward capital projects, highway bonds, and a teacher retirement fund. His proposal also increases education spending by more than $300 million over the next two years. All in all, he says the state's budget is in better shape in the midst of this pandemic than initially projected. There are more calls this week for educators to be part of the next group to get the vaccine. The State Teachers Association calling out the governor for not including them in this latest phase. The state instead going by age groups as the vaccinations continue to be rolled out across the state, now to all Hoosiers over 70. Throughout this pandemic. We have seen violent crime numbers on the rise nationwide and here in India and sadly this year is not off to a good start with several murders in recent days after a record breaking 2020 here in Indianapolis. Stick around back to wrap things up after this. Today on CBS Four, the Browns and the Chiefs in the AFC playoffs Fox 59 has the Bucks and the Saints tonight in the NFC. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll have much more coming up on Face the Nation and Fox News Sunday. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.